Welcome to another episode of the Levity Floatcast. Today we sit down with Chris Passaro of Cowden Creek Realty. So let's sit back, relax, and floatcast. Man, where do we start with you? I feel like you have such a diverse background and so interesting that I guess, let's start from the very beginning, growing up in a house full of entrepreneurs, of restaurateurs. Yeah, so when I was <clears throat> growing up young, like my mom and dad were never married. Um, stayed with my mom most of the time and she before fast forward a little bit my family's in the restaurant business now but before they had their own place my mom always um you know either ran kitchens and bars at different places when i was young and can kind of remember um she ran the uh the bar at the racetrack at labbrokes in harmerville um some people might remember i don't know if it's still there or not um but whenever you know, she couldn't find a babysitter. I was eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. I would go hang out there with her. And this is a time when, like, all the old, I guess you could call them, like, gangsters that were, like, in their yeah. 80s were, like, still around, still alive, still doing their thing, like, with, oh. you know, their gambling and stuff. So I would just bounce around from table to table. They would, you know, here's 10 bucks, here's five bucks, whatever. It was, like, that thing where old old guys love to give kids money. Like, yeah. like I, would, I was nine years old, and I would leave with, like, 50 bucks. I thought I was... <laughs> thought I was rich 50 bucks when you're 10 is a lot of money yeah yeah so it was just that and they taught me how to like bet on horses and play cards and things it was very interesting you know most people you know that age were hanging out with their friends doing whatever playing with you know GI Joe's and I was sitting in a smoke-filled bar with a bunch of 70 year olds like picking horses but so it went from that and then you know my mom and stepdad got married in 1999 I was nine or 10, whatever Mm -hmm. I was. And then they started doing their own thing. They opened a little catering business and they would do, um, run kitchen stuff out of some country clubs and like the, the Elks club in Charleroi and Mm -hmm. some little spots like that. So I was always kind of forced to work. Yeah. And I didn't, I, when I say forced, like I I enjoyed it. I I always liked like having, I liked having money. I liked being able to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. not having to ask people for things. Like even if it was just, you know, you're 11 and you want to buy a pack of Pokemon cards or an action figure, like you want to just be able to go do it. Right. Um, so I always laugh. It was like, I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. And my mom used to call and say, oh, you know, Christopher has a, uh, a doctor's appointment, but really like the dishwasher at the restaurant, like didn't show up. So I had to go wash dishes for a 300 person wedding or wow. shower or something. So it was always yeah. just like, I always wanted to be working rather than yeah. in school. Um, so it kind of like was a good and a bad thing. Cause I didn't really last very long in like the college space. It was like a whole two week thing. And I was like, kind of like, screw this, this isn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But in high school, I was able to just kind of figure it out. Like I kind of knew how to schmooze people and mm-hmm. knew what all of my teachers, like what they drank from Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. And like, if they like breakfast sandwiches or donuts, like if I wanted to come in late, I just kind of made sure their little order was filled and it just kind of got swept under the rug. And I just kind of did Gre- what I wanted and kept that, palms. yeah. And kept that like, <laughs> B plus average that got all my grades where I didn't get in trouble at home and just kind of did my thing. It was interesting. That's a real interesting time uh, for a young person in an environment. What's something looking back now as a successful adult, what are some lessons that you took from your time there around those, those people? Um, well, I appreciate you calling me successful. I don't look at myself as being that way, but um, I think I'm still trying to figure it out. And I don't know if I'm an adult yet. I haven't, I haven't decided <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think it's always just like you don't have to necessarily follow the the path that everyone tells you you have to. Like I have so many friends that, you know, went the college route and 
because they thought they had to and thought that they that was the only way to do it. And from the get go, my mom was always just like, listen, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to do what you don't have to do anything, but you got to do something. You ain't going to just sit around and just, you know, mooch off of us or just. Yeah. yeah, So she was like, we know you're smart. We know you can figure shit out if you want to. Mm -hmm. And it might not be the route to go get a college degree and get a job because, you know, she went to college to be a teacher for a while. Didn't work out for her. And she, you know, they figured out their thing and, you know, were doing Mm -hmm. very well for themselves. So it was just like, um, first and foremost, you don't have to like follow the path that everybody leads you to, especially now. If you don't go to college and get a degree and that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth and people don't know anything else about you, they Mm. kind of give you that side eye like, well, what are you doing with your life? Mm. So to not judge myself for not being like everybody else was the first thing. And the second thing was like, if you can figure out people and you Mm. can make people like you Mm. and not in like a conniving way or trying to like, you know, get over on people. But if like people like you, you treat them well, they treat you well, like your life is just so much simpler, so much easier. You can pretty much do whatever the hell you want if you can figure out people. And then whatever you can branch off from from that, you know, for me, now it's real estate. I was just kind of conditioned in growing up in that environment young and then the only, I guess, real job I had was, you know, working in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, people 101 you're dealing with people in situations where they're pissed at you, they're happy, and you just kind of have to be able to mitigate that with a smile on your face and, you know, come to a common ground where everybody's happy. Yeah. And that's just the same with anything in life. It doesn't matter if you're in a regular job or you have a business or you're in sales, whatever. It's just if you can figure out people, you know how to talk to people, mm-hmm. you know how to interact and, you know, make people comfortable with you, you can do whatever you want. It's just putting the time in, putting the work in, and just kind of... I kind of look at it like I'm still just playing life by ear. Yeah. You know, people, and I, I had a talk with, you know, the, the owner of my company now, who's like kind of like a mentor to me. And, mm. you know, I told him that like people come to me all the time that are like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't figure out my life. You know, will you talk to me or will you help my kid out or whatever? And I'm just like, so taken like back because it's like, I don't think I have it figured out mm. at all. Like, I still think that I'm just kind of spinning my gears and, you know, whatever. And, wherever it leads it leads to i just have realized and after a lot of time of running against the wall that you just can't judge yourself where you're at you just kind of have to take it for what it is and and roll with it when did that happen for you um well i don't know i think whenever i was working before when i was still probably like a sophomore junior in high school like Mm. when everyone was like so what do you want to be when you grow up like Mm. they're doing like the career days they're having people come in and talk to you and like you know i didn't really know like all my friends you know regardless of it was bullshit now or not they had a plan they wanted to be a an engineer an attorney whatever and i didn't want to do anything Mm -hmm. like i wanted like i knew that i could talk to people i like people and i wanted to make money like i like nice things like you know just from like a scale perspective, like I always worked, I always had money for my age. Like I always pretty much could buy what I wanted and Mm -hmm. I liked that. And I wanted to be able to scale that to whatever, to whatever level. So to me, kind of getting through those first couple years of like people, especially like people in school looking at you sideways, like, oh, you don't know what you want to do. You don't, you know, have a a clear path. You kind of start judging yourself. Like, you know, what the hell is wrong with me? And like, they have it all figured out. And then I think it was probably like after I graduated, I did go to college. I was enrolled for a semester. I went for about two weeks, you know, and it was just at that time, the summer before going into college, I started playing poker online. 
mm. um, and kind of developed that skill. And I saw on the on the post that it was like you called me like a professional poker player. And I've never like thought of myself like that. I think of like the people that are on television playing and their tournaments and stuff. So, but I guess I, I did support myself doing it for a few years. So I guess you could technically consider that. But you know, seeing that I could make money just doing something that I enjoyed. Yeah. And it, it just got to a point where, you know, you're making a few thousand dollars a month, which with no college degree and not really doing mm -hmm. anything too strenuous, it's like, okay, this is something real. This is something that like I could technically support myself doing. Yeah. And I remember that I was, it was like my second week in classes and I was in the back of the room. It was like some, uh, it was some bullshit class. Like I was like a business major on paper. Yeah and they make you take all these electives. And it was like, and not to offend anybody, mm. but like the class was like, literature of minority women. And I was just like, this is great for someone that's in the literature and whatever, sure. but what the hell am I doing this for? Like, why am I spending money to Dang. take this? Like, well, what am I doing this for? Mm -hmm. Like, I have no interest in this. There's nothing wrong with it. Nope. It's just not my thing. Right. And I remember I was sitting in the back of that class and I was playing cards on my computer and the teacher was doing his thing. It was like a 42 minute class. And I remember that I made in that 40 whatever minutes just over $4,000 playing cards. And don't get me wrong. Like, right. I'm not trying to say that that was like all the time. And like you can play for an hour, make four G's and cut out. Understood. But it was like I just sat back there. It was like a couple minutes before it was ending. And I was like, I made more money in the past hour than this poor professor is going to make all month. <laughs> and I got up and left and I never went back. And you know, was that the smartest way to approach that situation? Probably not because it wasn't realistic to think like I'm going to make $4,000 an hour forever. It sure. doesn't, doesn't work like that. Sure. But I think if that wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have just been like, screw this, I'm going to figure else, figure something else out. You know, I might've did what a lot of my friends did, which was to last through four years of college or six years of college, yeah. go into however much debt, because I mean, I didn't have anybody paying for my school. It was either coming out of pocket or student loans or whatever. Mm. And I, it's a good chance I would have stayed that course and got some bullshit degree and been 50, 60, however much thousand dollars in debt. And then ended up at the same spot anyway, because I just, you know, sooner rather than later, I realized that I couldn't really have anybody tell me what to do. I couldn't have a boss. Um, so it was like, I, I would have realized that at a point, maybe after I got a degree, got into the workforce, quote unquote, and then been like, shit, I just wasted, you know, three and a half years from what I could have. I'm in all this debt and now I got to work backwards from that. So that's kind of making a uh, jumping on a decision. Maybe I shouldn't have turned out better than not long term. Looking back at it. It sounds like talk, listening to your story, man. It sounds like for all the time of the work you're putting in and things you're doing, what you enjoy most is the freedom. Yeah. And it's a weird, there's a caveat to that too, because it's like, especially in the real estate space and everybody in their brother right now wants to be a real estate agent Yeah. because it's so easy right now. The market mm. is so good and the barrier to entry to this business is so low yeah. that you spend $200 and you spend a month studying, you can get a real estate license. And right now with things so easy, you can make money doing it. Mm. So it's just like you people have that mentality like oh you you know you work for yourself you can work your own hours and it's an easy <laughs> it's it's an easy business and it's like it's easy if you're not good at it yeah because it's like you're at your client's disposal you work when everybody else needs you to work if you don't you don't have to but then you're not making any money 
Mm. You know, you have to be able to balance your schedule and know that like this pool of people works best in the morning and in the afternoon and these people can only work at 8 p.m. at night on a Friday when you might rather be out at the bar with your, yeah. with your boys, Yeah, you know? So it's just kind of going through that phase. And I was the same way. I thought that, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work whenever I want and make all this money. Mm -hmm. And you realize very quickly that that's not the case. Mm. You know, you do have to be, you have to be more disciplined because there's nobody making you do anything. And I think I still struggle with that today because it's easy on like a Monday if it's cold outside and, you know, you technically don't have to do anything and you know you have deals closed and you have things going yeah. on and you have things in the pipeline and you do take a Monday off where you don't do anything. And I still do that. Yeah. And it's like, but then you, at the end of the day, you feel like shit because you're like, <laughs> you're like, what if, what if I would have, what if I'd have picked up the phone and, yeah and called and prospected or what if I had to, you know, set appointments to go out and do whatever, you know, what would that have procured 30 days from now? Yeah. You know, so you're always looking back and you can't have like the what if mentality with it because you'll drive yourself absolutely crazy. But I think once you get more disciplined, you understand the business, you understand that, you know, what you're doing right now, the money you're making right now is shit that you did 30, 60, 90 days ago. You know, there's no... Yeah there's no direct output from your input in this, which is frustrating for a lot of people and still me. Like I, I love to see like direct results from what I do. Yeah. And it's just not feasible in most things that are worth it. You know, most things you're not gonna, okay, I'm gonna do this one action and I'm gonna make this many dollars, mm. you know? And that was still something, like I said, that I struggle with, but that's the thing that most people gotta get in their heads that if they wanna get this business, it's a very simple business, yeah. you know, that you have your intricacies and your laws and your rules and all that shit, but that's all on the job training. Yeah. It's a very, very simple, but it's not easy. Hmm. So it's like, if you put the work in, you take the time to learn, you can make as much money as you want, which is why I got into it. You know, I kind of laugh at people that are like, you know, I got into real estate because I like to look at beautiful houses and I like to, <laughs> I like this. And it's like, that's cool. Yeah. But I got into this because I wanted to make money and there was no nope. cap. And, and mm. I like to help people. Yeah. You can't have one or the other. We had this conversation today on our uh, office meeting. You know, you can't just be all in it for the money because if you are, you'll get burnt out. You won't put the time in to nurture your clients and you won't have any money. Yeah. Or if you're like, oh, I just like to help people and I don't care about the money, it, you have to have both. You have to have a good balance. Yeah. But I think there, has, there can't be one without the other. And for me, like to get in, it was like I, I can make as much money as I want mm -hmm. to directly dependent on how much I work and how good I get at it and what I can figure out. So that's kind of how I decided to get into this crazy world. It's, it's a real interesting um, storyline, man, looking at it as you grew up and understood around such a diverse crew of people. And even, I mean, come on, working in the service industry, how many characters? Oh, dude, I mean, it's, you, you learn how to be, uh, not that I was ever a manager or anything in my family's business. Like I was just there working, but you learn how to be an adult babysitter. <laughs> Legit, like, I mean, you have people and there's nothing wrong with this, but like, yeah. you know, you're 60 year old guy that like washes dishes for a living. That's I mean, you can, you can learn a shitload from that guy the same that you can as someone that's a, you know, a CEO of a company, but it's a different kind of person to deal with. Yeah. And it's just, you, you learn how to deal with people in that situation at that age and then you learn how to deal with young people that are there mm. in their first job and you just learn how that nothing's like the straight and narrow path of like this is the blueprint of how you talk to people right you know there's just so many like you said so many personalities mm. in the service industry one just working with co-workers <laughs> and i mean anybody yeah. like i mean you get these people that are like lifetime 
servers and bartenders like oh. to be like 40 and have been like in oh. the bar business for 20 30 years yeah. like you're you, you have a hell of a story you, you can yeah. i mean you've seen some shit you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah you just you know you you get to know those people and get to interact and you know mm-hmm. play nice with the other boys and girls and then yeah you know especially when you're like waiting tables or bartending you know oh. the you never know what that initial you know conversation is going to lead to you have some people that are super normal and it's just like hey how are you this is what we got da, 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 and that's cool and then you have people that are just you, there's nothing in the world you can do to make them happy some people that are just absolutely like you look at them like how do you tie your shoes like how did you how did you get here like yeah. did you did you get dropped off because you didn't drive here yeah like yeah. and it's just it's it's crazy it's it's the i think everybody should have to work in the service industry Agreed. for some portion of time because if you've never done it Mm-mm. you don't understand it Mm-mm. and if people that have like never been forced to deal with that and have never like been forced to figure people out i think they're really mm. kind of at a disadvantage yeah. to the people that have yeah sure. i mean like you said and i think that just leads led you to the perfect arena for realty yeah. man um could you talk about the relationship you have with people that you've you know had as clients and what that's meant to you yeah for sure like i I'm very uh, unconventional with the way that I Mm -hmm. get clients a lot of times and, you know, how I interact with them. Like a lot of people like to be, you know, super professional and like client whatever basis. And that's fine. Some people like that and that's how they roll. That's how they roll. Treat you however you want to be treated. But to me, and I always laugh, like my biggest goal, like if you invite me to your house to like, you know, either talk about buying a place or we're going to look at your house to sell it. I laugh like if I can get you to pour me a drink the first time I meet you in your house like I got you for life yeah because like that's that's where like I said I grew up in the service industry in the restaurant industry I know what like that environment like having drinks together having food together like how that builds trust and rapport with somebody Mm. so that's always like the first thing that I do with clients is like can I get you if it's not in your house like can we instead of having like a this big formal meeting where i'm in a suit and you're like sure. sitting on the other side of the table with like a, a sketch pad like writing down like questions or whatever can we go get like a meal together yeah. and like get you to chill like chill out a little bit like let your guard down don't look at this so much as like a business transaction like look at it as like you know we're homies and i'm trying to help you do what you want to do yeah. you know and there is that fine and i'm i'm a you know at fault for this like i sometimes am too friendly and maybe don't voice it enough to where it's a business transaction and people get too comfortable and then you kind of have to like you know cover your tracks and be like listen we're still working together but that's (laughs) i think i think that's a good problem to have other than the opposite to where it's too it's too business oriented and it's just that stale just vanilla interaction but you know so many people that i've met like in the industry as far as like co-workers and clients that i'm still you know, not even, I don't even consider them clients anymore. Right. Like they're, they're friends. Yeah. You know, so many people of all ages, like I personally get along a lot better with people in their forties and fifties and sixties. And it's because when I was 11, nine, 10 years old, Good connection. yeah, that's who I kind of always hung out with and learned from. And I just always have gravitated towards that. Like even when I was younger, like my mom used to yell at me all the time. Like, why don't you ever want to go play with like your friends in school? Like I wanted to hang out with the adults at the cookout. I wanted yeah. to do things. Um, you know, and I just have always gravitated to those kind of people. And for whatever reason, I've always, I've heard this a million times from a million different people. It's like, oh, you have an old soul. Like, like I'm, I, I'm 27 now. And it's like, I, there's very few people my age 
that I've really connected with and would enjoy spending time with. And I've learned now, and I've been putting myself, you know, deliberately in front of a lot more people my own age in this industry now mm. that are kind of on the same wavelength, same mindset, um, and have really cut a lot of other people out of my life. Not totally, but, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with that I was friends with that you're like, you feel guilty to like let go and kind of mm. like put to the side. Mm. But like, you know, I have no business to hang out with my old friends that are still, you know, selling drugs. Like I just, yeah. there's, it's not, I mean, it's not like I don't still love those people. Yeah. And if I see them out or I might not see them once or twice a year just to like kind of stay in touch because I care for those people the same as I care for anybody. Yeah. But I think it's the, one of the hardest things for me was to realize that you don't have to necessarily go from having like a group of people that you're around that like you're comfortable with, you grew up with that necessarily might not be the best for you, mm. you know, because it's, you know, everyone says that like you're the average of like the five people that you spend the most time with. Yeah. And I've taken that a lot more seriously, like within like the past year or two. Um, and also got comfortable with like, okay, I can take these people out, but you have to also be cool with like, before you throw these people in that, you know, quote unquote are influential and like you want to be around, you got to be cool with like being by yourself yeah, and like being alone and getting your own shit straight. Mm. You know, cause I think it's in, in those times that when you're kind of by yourself, you don't have a lot of people around, you have the time to really dive into your own head, which can be a scary place. <laughs> and and just kind of get it sorted out, figure out what you want, what you need, and then just kind of build it from there. Like you need to find out like what you lack, mm. what bringing someone around you that, you know, what can they add to you and you add to them and just kind of build it backwards, but get right with yourself first and then just, yeah. you know, build out from there. I think it's really interesting that you shared the uh, importance of taking the time to be alone and sort your shit out and like i said that's mainly what we do here mm -hmm. um as someone who's floated probably six to eight times mm -hmm. um before we get you in for the hour kind of like to think uh where are you at on your stress levels well you are right because i haven't been here in a couple of weeks and if you don't come weekly bi-weekly it does go up yeah. And like, honestly, whenever you told me that the first time, I thought you were full of shit, but you, you weren't, you were hundred yep. percent right. Yep. I, I was just like, it, it's, it's a really good thing that I would say to do at a minimum biweekly. And if you mm. can, if you can swing it, do it weekly, right. because especially if you're dealing with people in any kind of regard, which we all are, regardless yeah. of if you're working from home or whatever, but me in particular, my life is dealing and sorting out other people's problems. Mm. So sometimes you need that just quiet darkness by yourself to be able to just kind of sit there and spend maybe the first 15 minutes of that hour to just kind of like think through any scenarios you have going on, mm. just have that chaos. And then it just kind of gets real quiet and real chill. And you just kind of like, you know, you just sit there and you know, I was the first person that was kind of like suspect to even come try this. Like I looked, I think I told you for mm -hmm. probably over a year. Yeah. You know, I read about it and I looked at it and I heard it on like Joe Rogan's podcast and other things. Mm -hmm. And I was very much like, this is some hippie BS. I have no reason to do <laughs> this. Yep. And then mm -hmm. I, you know, saw it on an Instagram ad and I was like, screw it. I'm going to try it. I'm in. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was, it was amazing Yeah. because it's not necessarily like this, you know, you know hippie hallucinating whatever thing mm -hmm. it's just really like it's just that alone time that we all 
need and most of us don't have the opportunity to mm. give it to ourselves if you have yeah. like a significant other at home or you got kids or if you just don't have a spot that's pitch black and silent yeah. because that in itself like when you're in there it's it doesn't feel like you're like in a pool of water it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. you're in like a, a, a plastic pod like you legit feel like you're just floating in nothing yeah. and it's just you know stress levels when I'm doing it consistently are a fair amount less than they are now mm. and I feel like my temper and my patience with people is a lot you know more level because it just kind of like gives you that extra that extra ability to like take a breath when someone's annoying or someone's <laughs> stressful and be like okay there's a there's a better way we can deal with this and yeah. we can come to a conclusion on that so I think that it's you know doing it consistently knock stress down significantly right on for sure today how are you feeling on a scale of one to ten what's your stress level i'm probably at like a seven today i got some okay. i got some like works like crazy right now and just okay. definitely a, a day that i definitely need it i right would on. say okay troy he does not look like a happy man do you have any questions before we get chris in the tank nope all right man we're having some it looks like some not good uh live feed but this has been awesome all right let's get you in the tank man good deal right now chris is enjoying his 60 minute float let's drop back in and see how he enjoyed his experience handsome troy good good to have you back sitting here with us man um chris just got out of his float yes how you feeling the, the stress level of seven is probably down to like a 3.2 which is good <laughs> very specific yeah. i like it that's, that's all we that need portnoy just... type uh, yes. pizza <laughs> right got that 3.2 100 percent that's 100%. awesome man i uh we were talking how interesting you are and what a cool story you have um and just the relatability to people and how important that is mm -hmm. uh what a successful trait is there um something that you would uh looking back in hindsight you'd want to share with your younger self Ooh, probably just not to judge yourself you know like i talked about before um you know got to a point where i was kind of running into that wall a little bit like probably sophomore junior year of high school when i wasn't doing quote unquote what you're supposed to do what everybody else was doing and you beat yourself up mm -hmm. and i'm really good at like on the exterior i'm cool all the time mm. like i'm always good like i have no problems i don't talk to anybody about my problems but those kind of people at least for me are the ones that you know drive themselves crazy in their own head the worst and for probably yeah 18 months to two years it was like that what the hell is wrong with me why am mm. i not jumping on this bandwagon of okay i'm gonna go to penn state and study whatever and you know get a job and do that you know, the, your regular five, 10 year plan, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, to just not judge yourself and think you have to have it all figured out and like not even to look back and tell anybody that like when they're younger, but even now, like I'm 27 and I mean, people think that even now that if they, you know, they're out of college or whatever and they have jobs that they need to have their lives figured out. It's like, we're going to live for like another like 70 fucking years. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like legit, like I, I, I get in like arguments almost with my girlfriend all the time because she took like the more, you know, regular route. Like she went and got her master's and she wow. works for like Highmark and she does all that like mm -hmm. back end business side of hospital work. Mm -hmm. And she's 
in a transition period to where she thinks she like needs to have it all figured out. And like, I beat it into her head all the time. Like you could oh, literally, yeah. you could fuck up everything in your life for the next 20 years and still have more than enough time to do whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. yeah. So like everybody that's like, and I have a lot of friends that are like that, that are in the same position that, you know, they did the typical the school thing and they went out, they had a job for a couple of years and now they're so miserable and they're in oh. debt. And it's just like, and they think that like their life's over. They think that they have to stay in that job that like, okay, they're making, not that it's about money, but they're making $50,000 a year here if they're in there and they work hard and they climb the ladder, they might make a hundred grand in 10 years. It's like, they can just quit what they're doing and try something again. And even if they go quit, try something new and fuck up, you can always get another job. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can always go back. Like there's never, there's no like scarlet letter that makes you be like, you know, cast away to never be able to do it. Never work again. again yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And people, I think it too caught up in that and too caught up in like the norms of things. And I'm glad that I did get it sorted out a lot younger than most people did. I think I have a hard time sometimes putting that in perspective. I'd almost get in arguments with people and it's always the people that like I care for and love the most oh, yeah. Yeah. because like I'm, I'm really cool and really like understanding with strangers and it's like, Oh yeah, buddy, it's going to be fine. Blah, blah, blah. And then when it's someone that's close to me, I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Just figure it out. Like uh -huh. just, you have, there's nothing. Cause that's what it is. Like you can, you know, you can coddle people all day long. And like, if you don't know them, that might be the best way to do it. Cause you don't know how they're going to react. But like, if I care about you and like, I do want to see you do well, tough love. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up and figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to do it. Like yeah. there's no like secret formula. There's no roadmap. And I think that I can say that because I, thought that there would be a roadmap. I thought that there would yeah. be a A, B, C, D, E. Now you're a millionaire and you don't have to do anything anymore. Mm. And it's just not the case. And mm. I've, you know, like we talked about in the piece before, you know, being around a lot more people now that are, you know, a lot older than me and a lot more successful and crazy money and whatever and have accomplished crazy things. And, you know, you talk to them and you realize like they're not much smarter than you they're not the people that most of the time those people aren't like the crazy overeducated that are True. you know on paper these geniuses like they just figured out what it is they want to do and they just you know ran through the bullshit and just kept going kept going mm -hmm. and you just learn as you go and you know it, it really opens up the fact that like if you really want to accomplish something mm -hmm. monetary or otherwise if you just shut the fuck up and figure it out it's you, you can do yeah. it you know yeah, I think I, I read somewhere that uh, the average millionaire nowadays is self-made and doesn't even really hasn't oh. even gone. To yeah, the numbers the numbers are amazing. It's it's seventy to ninety percent of millionaires are now yeah. self-made. But those are the I mean we're all self right like yeah. it, it's so neat. But you're right, very cool. The high percentage self-made millionaires. Mm -hmm. Um, so that mindset, man, of having to do it, figuring that shit out is absolutely right. And it's definitely not easy. Like, I think that like I come across and talking about it to people sometimes it's like, oh, it's this simple thing. Like it's hard as hell. Like if there's going to be times where you get down on yourself and you get in ruts for days or weeks or whatever, mm. and you got to just realize that that's going to happen. You can't judge yourself for that either. Just mm figure it out when you're in that time frame and you know get your mind right and just keep rolling like just don't stop you might have to to pivot or do whatever or just stop temporarily but just don't don't let it affect you to where you completely stop what you're doing because you know you could have put in two three years ahead of time and hit a bad spot for a month mm. and if you say screw it and don't get it back going in some respect that you wasted three years of your life doing whatever you were doing so i think it's very Again, it's just like I kind of how I describe um, 
you know, real estate is a business. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, very simple, but it's not easy. You know, the, mm-hmm. the concept of it of like, okay, just keep going, push through the shit is a very, on paper, a very simple thing to do. <laughs> but once you start like actually diving into it and doing it, I mean, it's not, it's not an easy thing, but you got to figure it out if you want to, you have to decide if, you know, whatever you want to accomplish is, is worth dealing with the bullshit and it might not be. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with people that, you know, don't want to deal with stuff. They want like a regular ass life where they have a job and they do whatever and they budget to take their one vacation a year. I'm almost oddly envious of people like that because it would make my life a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> Honestly, like if you could just, if I could mentally be satisfied with, okay, I could make whatever the average is, make a year. I'm happy with that. I have a spouse that does the same thing. We have kids, we budget, we do this, we do that. And there's no real pushback or, you know, controversy in life. It would, it would be great on paper, but I just, I can't, I personally can't accept that for myself just because, you know, I, I see the, the people that have done it and there's nothing special about them. They just didn't stop, you know? A lot of people just grip their hearts at home like oh he was yeah. talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I completely agree with what you're saying though. Um I took a similar route as you mm-hmm. and it's it's I'm just a year younger than you. Okay, so cool. it's like it's really nice to hear that. Yeah, and it's and it's really refreshing, like, you know, being in the real estate space, you obviously get around a lot of different people, like a lot mm-hmm. of people that are in media and now like this stuff with you know, the the networking is so much wider now than it used to be like when people think about real estate and still today they think of like your 70 year old grandma (laughs) that like is showing houses or like the old man in a suit and that's still part of it but i think that like this younger generation is really kind of taking it by the balls and rolling with it and just bringing in people from all walks of life and just the relationships you build and from all different industries you know I can learn so much from you that and you'd have nothing to do with my industry and probably vice versa. And we can mm-hmm. take them and apply them to whatever we're doing. And it's just a really cool space to be into where you're just always around different people, always around different, you know, different occupations. And it's just different, the different mindsets mm. and the perspectives of how different people look at stuff. And if you can take that, learn from it, you know, get rid of the shit you don't like or the shit you're not going to use and just mm-hmm. take from it what you can be valuable, make valuable you know, it's, it's priceless. I think it really is. Yeah. I think like the quote is like uh, a smart person learns from their own mistakes while like a wise person learns from the mistakes of others. Yeah. So I think that's 100%. really applicable and mm-hmm. it goes to, to any field. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty big into poker and I didn't get to ask you this earlier. How does what you learned playing poker professionally air quotes, uh, translate into like what you do now with real estate? Like, it's it especially goes, like reading people. That's hundred percent it. It's just, it's reading people. It's figuring people out. It's anticipating what people are going to do before they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just developing that skill that, okay, I have to break this piece of news to this person about something bad that happened. I know they're going to react this way, but when they react this way, I'm going to say this to them. So they're going to do this. So it's just like leveling out to, to be four or five steps ahead of people understanding once you know how, who, how they are mm-hmm. who they are as a person what their personality traits are a lot of times you can kind of make your life a heck of a lot less stressful if you can already in your head have played out that these next five conversations we have are going to play out like this two of the five might be shitty conversations but you have to get through that you know keep their best interests in mind and let them know that you know this is where we're at this is what we have to do to get to that common goal of then you know 
buying or selling their house or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like the leveling of thinking and the really being able to read people, dissect them like relatively quickly. And the more you can do that and make sure you're less surprised with especially negative reactions on people, mm-hmm. it just makes our business so much easier because I think a lot of people get, you know, these big reactions out of left field that they're not ready for. And if you're not ready for it, you don't really have a way down that you're going to react. Yeah. So you don't have your own mind trained to where, you know, you have your own self kind of, you know, trained to stay level-headed and it just throws you into a tizzy and then it ruins 17 other things you have going on. So it just comes down to the people figuring them out and, you know, figuring out the best way to get them to, you know, from A to Z through all the steps, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And just being as prepared for those as you can. I think it's so important that people hear that there's people that can, you can find success without taking that standard path. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, overall, I think what you would have shared with your younger self is exactly what people need to hear today. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to get down on yourself. You don't have to have everything played out. And like you said, I mean, it. 26, 27 years of age, you could absolutely take it off the fucking rails mm-hmm. for the next 20 and then still get your shit together and come back for the third quarter. Yeah. And like in doing that now, like in people, I just, it blows my mind that people think that like 30 and even like 40 is old. I agree. You know, so it's just like, and maybe like 50 years ago it was, because I know like when I was 10 and I think of someone that was 40, I was like, that guy's old as fuck. He's going to die next week, <laughs> you know? But like now, like looking at it, like, you know, creeping up on 30, like I don't feel any different than I did when I was 15, mm. you know? And it's just like, I think that I, the one thing that I have over a lot of people my age is like a lot of the shit that people are going through now, I went through early. And I've always been like that, like, even like this might not be a great example, but like me, like when most people in like high school and college were like experimenting with all their drugs and stuff, I did that middle school. (laughs) Mm. So it was like weird, like people look at me like crazy when I say that, but like whenever, like I had got that out of my system, then when everyone else was like in high school, like, oh, let's go get fucked up. This is the cool thing to do. (laughs) I was just like, I did that like when I was like 12. So it's (laughs) it's like, as crazy as that is, and is like sideways is people look at me when I say that because they're like, you were doing what when you were 12, 13? And was it stupid? 100%. It was, it was very, very dumb of me. But, you know, I think that the sooner you can make mistakes, regardless of whatever they are, mm-hmm. the better off you are. You just learn so much more and then you can offer that perspective to people that, you, that, are, that are your age but mentally and, you know, situationally for what they've experienced, maybe, you know, a few years behind you. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one of, the, like I said, most interesting things, man, to, to be able to, in hindsight, be able to share that. And it's applicable today. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I said, the work ethic, it, it's so interesting. And you shared in our first uh, first part of you learned early that working for somebody just wasn't for you. And you, I don't want to say buck the system, but you figured it out so quickly. And as we were, you know, just chatting as you were floating, I, we, we all tied it back to how interesting it is of how well you know people and what a good listener you are and, like, how that helps people mm-hmm. in what you do. So, like, 
awesome to sit with you, man. Awesome to sit. I appreciate the time. No, I mean this was this was fun. I mean, it's like I said, it's the first time I ever did this, and it's right it's on. cool. It's it's different, but it's really cool. I enjoy it. Right on, um, Troy. Your question. Oh yeah, I almost forgot because I missed the first half. Um, <laughs> He's so thrown off now. I really he does am. Such a great job. He's um, I always ask everybody at the end. Um, just share what you're comfortable with. Did you work through any significant issue or problem while you were floating tonight? Or come to any like crazy conclusion? Um, yeah, I th- um, nothing crazy. I have been kind of how we talked about earlier. I mentioned, you know, before we floated that I'm very, very, I want a result from my work right now. And no matter how hard, you know, how, how often I realize that that's the truth, how many times I experience being the truth, I, for the past like couple months, have been doing some new stuff in my business. Mm. And it's one of those things where your results don't come till 60, 90 days out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, it feels like you're spinning the wheels and you get down on yourself. And then once you get in your own head, it's the most dangerous fucking place to be because you start building scenarios and building whatever. And no matter how hard or how much I have a grasp on, like you shouldn't do that. It's not the right way to do it. I think we still all get into that place. Yeah. And I've been in that place for the past couple of weeks. Um, and kind of, you know, got a good percentage of that out. Just being able to kind of like spend the first quarter of the float, just sorting through all the bullshit. And then the rest of it just being, you know, not in like an arrogant way, but just look at it to be like, just, just remember who the fuck you are and then you can mm. just figure it out. That's not arrogant. You know? I mean, it's like you said earlier, like, you know, you just got to do it. It's, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's easy for you now to sit back and reflect on getting to this point because mm-hmm. you've already done it and other people can listen and be like, Oh wow, that's easy, but they haven't done it. But now you're onto the next challenge yeah. and you don't know what the next challenge. I mean, you know what it is, but you've never done it. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it never, I don't think that ever goes away. I think that people think once you get to like a certain level of success, if that's monetary or whatever, that like shit gets easy. And it's just like, it just begins. Yeah. And everybody that I've talked to that like really succeeds at like a super, super high level, like, you know, what I aspire to do, they're like, you know, the shit doesn't get easier. You just get better at dealing with it. Mm. And even how you can be as good as you want to be, you can be as aware as you want to be. You just got to keep, keep rolling with it. Just keep running against the wall and eventually Mm. that, should have opened up, you know? Yeah. Um, where can people find you, man? So, yeah. So, I am on Instagram at, at uh, Chris Passero. My Facebook is at Chris Sells the Steel City. Right on. Um, nice. And then, and then yeah. like, LinkedIn and, like, Snapchat and stuff is just my first last name, Chris Passero. So, anything. Uh, I always laugh because my LinkedIn is, like, it's literally me sitting in a chair. I see everybody else's <laughs> LinkedIn stuff, and I'm, like, shirts and ties. I'm there with like a Hawaiian shirt on LinkedIn. So. Oh, I have the same. I have the same generic that I had like a photo shoot done like four years ago in like a professional photo shoot. So that's just my blanket <laughs> picture for everything. I can probably re up on that, but I should probably do something a little bit more interesting. But oh, dude, it was great sitting down with you, Troy. Anything for the people before we bounce? We'll be better with the live streaming. We will be better. We'll be running tests. We'll be figuring this stuff out, guys. Lots of love to you. We're out. Appreciate Peace. it. I wanna relax, relax, put my mind at ease Good friends and good vibes, now that's all I need When life hurts, come down and flow to levity Let your problems wash away into serenity, whoa